This episode of the On The Radar Podcast is brought to you by Laser Light Recording Studio in Waterville, Ohio. The world is calling. Pick it up. to another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast, and uh, this is the podcast that we interview uh, X coming to, through, and from the greater Midwestern areas, and much like everybody else in the world at the time of this recording, uh, we are all dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, so we all have to learn to adapt. My name is Peapod, hanging out uh, in the uh, uh, the pod palace, as I li- as we like to call it here, and, uh, and we are very excited. Obviously, as the normal uh, set, quote-unquote, of interview styles that we do we bring an axe to studios here in northwest ohio uh we can't do that at the time being due to everything about our uh local area and regional area governments uh so we decided to change things up a little bit and i have plenty of uh, friends and plenty of uh band related people and this man is not only uh a member of one of my favorite post-rock bands um but we're very excited he's a big fan of the podcast itself coming to you coming to us live from bozeman montana uh it is jared gabriel uh, he is oh, thank the, you yes he is the basis for the band ranges so uh good to talk to you brother how are you Absolutely. i'm doing well man i'm doing well just getting through yep much like much like everybody else what you drinking i i saw i saw it, a an adult beverage of sorts yeah, it looks good I'm doing, uh, doing a little irish death here Ooh. yeah it's a uh, it's a good stout it's uh it's nice flavorful pretty good i'm a, I'm a sucker for a good stout i like darker beers uh yeah. so i yeah, i have i have, I have a seltzer water i have a i'm lame i have a seltzer water so hey man i love that shit too that stuff's good <laughs> yeah oh, can i can i swear on here absolutely you can <laughs> sometimes i uh they just come out of my mouth so I oh dude it's 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 the same like it's really fun because but like my mind is already trained in radio for so long so i don't cur- yeah. curse as much yeah. but then it, when i go on somebody else's podcast it's just a it's just <laughs> verbal diarrhea it's yeah. nuts it's crazy i'm not i'm not normally one to to do interviews so like there or like anything like this this is normally not uh, on somebody else in the band so this is kind of my first uh first go at it so I, oh, I, i'm your first I, time oh awesome. first time solo first time solo gim uh uh, uh paris um he he we did an interview for him at dunk a couple years back but right I, I, yeah I'm always one that's just like, I don't have much to say, so I, what do you want to talk to me for? <laughs> There's always, every band has a has a talker, and yeah. and and some people are just like, they just kind of hang back and like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just here, <laughs> I play music, that's all, what what else do you need from me? Absolutely. I, I, I love talking music, though, so this will be fun. This oh, yeah, fun. absolutely. Well, obviously, well, let's first start off with all of your stuff, obviously. Okay. So uh, when when we get into this world of post-rock, and, and you are not the first post-rock act that we've had on the show, uh, yeah. guys in Man Mountain who yeah. you've toured with. Oh, yeah, good uh, buddy. 
great great dudes great dudes um um, loom geary Mm -hmm. you know the list goes on on pillars of course oh yeah Um, yeah yeah, love those dudes um and 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 it's such a unique style of music and and i've gotten so many more people into it as of late about Mm -hmm. everything and 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 it's so dynamic but what does post-rock and this genre of music mean to you Oh, more. Uh, so you, you you loaded it up right at the beginning, huh? Uh, <laughs> I start off strong. I I don't know, man. Like this this scene, I never. When I got into the weird music that I got into, I never imagined it to be a scene. I just thought it was like these weird artsy kids doing a really unique thing. Um, and it wasn't till after grad school that I found out that there was actually like this burgeoning underground scene that was happening. And I found out through CJ cause I was listening to way different stuff in grad school. Like what? And when I, um, I, I was into a lot of noise stuff. Um, my painting professor Levente, he got me into a lot of this like gypsy music from the Northern Ukraine. Um, just, I, I was just trying to like expand my, my kind of, my, language a little bit um i wanted to i i guess i always feel like if you're if you're in the arts you should listen to some weird stuff on top of your your, your faves and you, uh, you you majored in painting did i catch so that i uh i majored in um uh ceramic installation so kind of okay. like a, a sculpture installation clay a lot of different stuff um but i had a lot of people on my um committee and i've always liked painting um even though i'm not very good at it um but uh yeah so i was just listening to a lot of noise um a lot of sounds like uh um stuff that you'd hear on um scores and things like that um on top of like the the darker stuff listening to wolves in the throne room um uh i really got into torch in grad school i've always liked them but i really got into torch um so i mean it was kind of all across the map but post-rock wasn't on my radar okay Um, and then after i when i got back i knew ranges was going on they started the year i started grad school um and i'd get a a cd in the mail every few months from wilson sending me what they've been working on and uh so I i would listen to it and it would it would be good studio music for me good making music but it wasn't until um I joined the band in 2016 that I found out about Tides of Man and all these other bands that were kind of carrying the flag for this underground scene. So and you then, didn't, you weren't part of the band initially. You joined later. Initially. No, no, I joined, I joined, uh, I'm the second bass player for, for ranges. My buddy okay. Ethan, Ethan played bass on, uh, stuff, uh, gods and prior, I believe. And then, yeah, I, my first record was the Ascensionist. Okay, right on. Yeah, uh, when we when you go into the deep dive of of ranges for anybody who's not not done it, I mean, in twenty fourteen it was the big, you know, they released three different EPs, different styles: Abso Roca, Solar Mansions, Bone uh, Hofer. Bone Hofer. I'm probably yeah. going to mispronounce a lot of these words and a yeah. lot of names, so you <laughs> need to need to bear with me because it, yeah. I'm notorious for that, unfortunately. Night and day. <laughs> if I if I were the devil in 2015, uh, and then in 2016, the gods of the co- the gods of the copybook headings and the people cried out for a king. Who names these albums, by the way? <laughs> 
that's a, I mean, this, this whole thing is like kind of like a, uh, the brainchild of Wilson and CJ. Okay. Um, they, and, and if you know them, like, uh, they're, they're kind of savants when it comes to this, they're, they're very much the, um, they're the labelers. They're, they're the, the, Oh, what's the words I'm looking for here? Um, the, the concept creators and yeah. executioners of the thing. They kind of give us the template of what, what what they're going for, and then we just sit down and and to us, concept is king. And so we we write around the concept and find the sound. And sometimes it takes us months and months and months to figure out what that sounds like. Um, but yeah, it's C, uh, CJ and Wilson are the the spearheaders of the idea. 2017, The Ascensionist, as you mentioned, and of course, in 2019, a phenomenal album, Babel, and we'll dive into that in just a moment. Um, so you 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 discover a lot of these bands, these explosions of sky, you know, these 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 epic sounding instrumental, no uh, or little to no vocals on it. Um, yeah. You know, why why the bass? Why why join into this world? Like, it, what was like the moment? that you decided, you know what, I want to pursue this path of this style of music, of this band? Well, I was always into stuff like this. Like I, I had Explosions, I had um, Godspeed, I had, um, you know, Pelican was was huge. I was a big ISIS fan um, back in the day. And, and we found all that music when we were originally in a post-hardcore band called This Word Is Weapon. So it was me and... and uh, and I guess everybody in Ranges was also in this word as weapon at a time. And, uh, and so we were always into the weird stuff. Like I, I, I remember like when we were all, everybody in the scene was a big under oath fan, um, finding out that they listened to Cult of Luna. And so we immediately, okay, what's this Cult of Luna all about that changed the under oath sound so massively. Um, then we, we got into that. So we were always into it and I played bass originally with these guys. And then when I moved vocals, moved to guitar for a couple projects, but bass was always fun because it just, you brought the, the low end and you could feel it. And, uh, and I've always been a minimalist when it comes to my playing. So I like to, to let things breathe and bass seems to be the instrument to allow me to do that. Yeah. That's one of the things I noticed at post festival last year is like when you guys all perform, I think you were probably the most expressive of the group. And I, and I, and I love that idea. Like even just like some of the photos that I saw and, or I took myself, like, it's just like your mouth was open, you're breathing hard. You're just, you know, you're into the music. It was almost like a whole full body experience while, you know, pushing this sound out. Yeah. I have, I have extreme, extreme stage fright. Like every, every show I have like an anxiety attack before I go on. So the only way for me to go out there and do it is to kind of forget where I'm at and just feel the music and just do it that way. Um, or, and, and a lot of time it makes me look like a, a weirdo on stage, you know, playing these, these simple parts like re really aggressively, but that's just, yeah, that's just the way I have to do it. So where, when, when you jumped in, where was your point of view while building some of these albums? Cause like in the past, it's all these like small EPs. And when I say small, I put the in quotations because I, I believe um, if I were the devil is one track that was like 20 some minutes. 
Uh, that's so, night and day. Yeah, night and day. Yeah. Oh, night, night and day. Yeah, night and day is uh, is is it, that that to me was like when I heard they were doing that, I I thought that was really that was really cool. I remember when No Effects came out with a with an EP and it was like a sixty minute song, and uh, but it was just a straight through. I I remember rushing out and grabbing it right away because I just thought it was such a unique idea. So night and day was was really cool. It was just a continuous fluid thing um and to me it's just it's artsy man it's weird um i just like to i like music that's a little weirder um, a little darker as an edge to it um and and can be expressive in a way that normal um i guess what you quote, quote unquote pop structure isn't um my goal in 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 the weird music is try to as maybe cliche or not, maybe not cliche, but maybe selling out is how do you meld the weirdness with the, like the Beatles song structure? Like, how do you, how do you make that the pop work with the, the weird that, that, and that's where I come at these. I'm pretty sure that like more and more music when it comes out is either goes one of two ways. And it doesn't seem like there's a middle ground. It's either they go super structured, much like a lot of pop music and everything. And then you just, just go off the deep end on the other side of the spectrum. So it seems right. like there's no like middle ground and also all genres are starting to, you know, mesh together. You yeah. know, they're the genres. And I've spoken this before in past episodes, genres are only in the sense of like media and PR and right. stores to organize their, their, you know, their products. That's right. It. Genres, genres don't really exist anymore. Well, I mean, the genre thing is cool. Like I, I like being part of a scene when it comes to making friends and bands that you can relate to. Um, but genres don't really affect me much. Cause that's for fans to decide. Like, I don't, you know, like if we're post-rock, that's cool. Like post-rock is dope. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily like want to fit there or need to fit anywhere. Like you look at the Deftones and they came out in um, the kind of new metal, but they've made a name for themselves across multiple genres of music. Um, you had skater hardcore kids on the West coast listening to them. There was hip hop guys listening to them. So it didn't really matter what the genre was and they didn't really care. And it allowed them to make, better music because of it i think so like yeah post-rock is dope and i love being part of the scene of post-rock but as far as the genre is concerned that doesn't mean much to me um because i want to be open to experimenting with all sorts of stuff musically um and not just kind of pigeonholed in like what post-rock is supposed to sound like like i mean like you said like post-rock sometimes does have vocals and that's cool like it doesn't need to be instrumental all the time it's the biggest thing when I try to explain to people about like what this, this genre is, it's just like this very expressive, almost like orchestral with modern instruments style yeah. of sound. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You try to like bring that string sound, you know, um, uh, you know, with the tremolo picking or tremolo picking, however you want to uh, pronounce it. But, um, and I, I love a good hook too, though. And that's where I think like Joey's my perfect lead players because Joey brings these like amazing hooks you can't get out of your head ever. And uh, and I respond to that because I hum them all the time. And if it if it gives me chills and goosebumps, then I'll play harder. And that's what I want. And so the hook is really important to me. 
that was one of the things that I, when I was going to first see you guys at Post Festival last year, and it's like, you know, I, I've been listening to all this uh, you know, music. It's, you know, Man Mountain was really my go-to drug when I got and dove into this world. And then I discovered all these more of these acts and they really enjoyed it. And then when I got into Ranges, it was just one of those acts that it just blew my mind. So when I was seeing you guys live, I was worried that I'm like, I'm not going to recognize certain songs per se but i'm still gonna recognize like chorus and like the flow of everything and right. come to find out that i like as much as i didn't know necessarily the names of the songs yeah. i still recognized and identified certain songs i'm like oh, okay that was from ascensions that was yeah. from Babel. that was from wherever yeah yeah and we're we're like we we practice hard man like we we really we really um want to sound like the album and it's because we wrote the album for playing live so everything like when we envisioned Babel, it was like we want to play this at people not for people but at people and so we wrote a record that would would kind of hit them in the face and or hopefully i don't know if we succeeded or not but we tried our best to, to write an album that hit would hit you in the face. And then when we went to rehearse it, it's like, it's got to sound like we wanted it to on the record. We're not, we don't want to like kind of phone it in or be so loose and moving on stage that it's almost unrecognizable. We, we really try hard to, to perform it as you hear it on the, on the record. I think that's a good, good uh, example of that. It's like your, your live at Dunk Festival album um that you know while a lot of those songs were from the ascensions or wherever it was still recognizable but it still had that like live sound so there's little little tweaks or maybe a different pedal or a different right. you know sound that you know it's still it's still live quote unquote um, right but it's still it, it's still recognizable enough that you're not losing the sense of the song right yeah yeah it, i mean it, these these guys we've been playing together for for going on 15 years some of us and uh and so this is you know this is kind of my dream band and and to know what these guys are going to be doing on stage i don't have to look at them i don't have to i just feel what they're going to do and 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 i think vice versa they they feel the same way and uh and, you know we're family and when you get that close you can you can really dial things in and not i mean none of us are really afraid to hurt each other's feelings about some stuff you know like you play tighter like we did we sounded like crap that night like we need to play we need to play tighter and that really you know for, forces us all to to really dial it in it's good to see to hear that word family because it feels like that's a big thing and everything and even when we were starting to set this up you were telling me it's like hey i'm just gonna be solo some of the other members have family and everything but i think that's kind of a beautiful thing like everybody has their own world and then yep. you have your own world within your world and it all is expressive it's all art and that's yep. the biggest thing is you you've said so far is that like this music is our art form mm -hmm. and, and it's art form in every sense of the word oh yeah uh, yeah, I mean, we carry it across to the album art, to the posters we do. To, I mean, every the T-shirts, like our online store, you know, the secret stores, like things like that are all. It's because we want to we want to engage in a way that most music doesn't, and uh, that's where I think the strength of of what we do in this scene is that we engage the audience in different ways that you don't get from normal scenes. Um, I mean, it's almost like to me, it almost feels like a hardcore world. Um, where it's, it's, it's tight knit groups. Um, everybody has a story to tell about somebody else in a hardcore group and everybody has a story to tell about somebody else in the post rock scene. We've all gotten down. We've all had some fun and we played some killer shows together.
it's been really wild to be a, a, a part, quote unquote, of this world and this scene and like still connect with some of the guys that I've met in person or like talked online. And then I ended up meeting in person, you know, just about, you know, all the connections and everything like that's that was the biggest thing about me getting into the world of music. Like I've always I've always felt strongly about music and that's why I got into radio. And then yeah. like that's why I started creating this podcast, because like I want to use this platform to showcase this art of right. all sense of the word yeah i mean it it's it it's cool and thank you for the support man i mean this scene is really small um you know there's tens of bands you know maybe maybe 50s of bands at this point but mm -hmm. um they all have like a unique uh thing to, that they bring and it's always fun to watch them play that's why i like the festivals so much is because every band brings this unique thing i think my favorite performance um Oh, at, at PostFest this year, um, au revoir, like, I mean, hands down, like they're so heavy and energetic and, mm -hmm. and man, they bring it, they bring it every time I've seen them play, they bring it. And, and that's, I look forward to seeing them every time we share a festival stage with them. So, you, you know, you kind of, you get used to it, um, but then it surprises you at the same time. And that's a beautiful thing about the post festival that, you know, that they're creating something brand new that is not seen in the United States. While the world of post rock is really big overseas in Europe and the, and the dunk festival and everything and seeing the photos and the, and the, and the stories from dunk is just quite incredible. Can you give me like a story about like how you felt about like the first time you played overseas? Oh man. I mean, it was, <laughs> um, I mean, it was incredible. We played, uh, oh man, what was that name of that club? It was in uh, Ghent and uh, it was this tiny little stage. We played with Aston on and those dudes are bros. I love hanging out with those guys. Um, they uh, uh, little quick shout out. They have a new record out today. Um, everybody yeah, I, gotta, I gotta listen to that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's banging. Like it's so good. Um, really proud of those guys. Those, oh man, they're, they're killer. I can't wait to get back over there. We're, we're going to share some dates with them, but unfortunately the COVID thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're really good, really good friends. Um, and, uh, love the new record, but yeah, so we played the show with them and I don't know, it was just a different atmosphere. Like if people are quiet they listen, um, they, uh, they respect what you're doing They talk to you after the show. And I got so hammered with them. Like, you know, people just talking out on the street, just talking about weird music that we all listen to, you know, influences, things like that. And it set off the whole tour. And I mean, it was pretty amazing. Amazing. I mean, by far my favorite tour of all time um, was the first one overseas. I don't know if you're a big uh, pro wrestling fan or know anything much about pro wrestling. So like in the American uh, world of pro wrestling, it's very like all these over the top characters and right. it's all about this, you know, the, the, the people, you know, obviously the people know Hulk Hogan and the rock yep. and everything. Yep. Uh, but when you go overseas uh, places like Japan, you know, mm -hmm. it's the, the, the fans are very quiet. They listen. And there's certain things that people, they get really excited for that, you know, in America, they want to understand they treat it more as, uh, you know uh as like an art form while people right. like me even europe and their wrestling scenes that that that's a world of sport it is mm -hmm. about as big as everything else you know it's right. related to everything else so it's very interesting that seems like music 
kind of almost shares the same style while like in america it, it, it seems like a lot of bands it's like all about the flash and the bang and like you know your your physical look not necessarily about the sound and then you yeah. go overseas and it's all about the sound the art mm -hmm. form things like that yeah i mean it's um yeah I've, I've been to japan once um and boy that that culture is just so beautiful um oh i'm so jealous that, that's like a dream of mine is just to just go to japan yeah, I spent a week in Yokohama and that that city was so cool and friendly and um but yeah, I mean I think that pop culture just evolved differently as cultures do in different places, but like it is there's a reverence for different things. Like I don't know if there's a there's a book out there um and this relates to what we're talking about, but uh, there's a book out there called Fresh Fruit. Have you ever heard of that book? No. It's like a, uh there's a district in Tokyo where uh, this fashion is king and so like everybody's dressed up in these like anime-esque characters and you, you have like the the uh, american biker style where the pompadour is like eight, 18 inches yeah tall. yeah like like they, they wear like the straight jackets it's like schoolyard look yeah yes. i mean it's like they're huge and then you, the next corner is this uh you know, there's this person that's got the giant fingered gloves and shoes that are this big and they look like they're straight out of Final Fantasy. And that's just how pop culture evolved over there. You know, I think pop culture over here, as flashy as we may think it is, is a little more subtle than anywhere else in the world. It's um, we try to even in standing out, we we blend in quite a bit. And we also have a tendency to adopt subculture as pop culture. And so to me that, that, uh, that says right there that we're always looking to be edgy and cool. So there is no edgy and cool. Um, it's always kind of this rotating thing until it's all just normal. Um, we're over there standing out means so much more to them. Um, having a unique voice actually is a unique voice. Um, and this is just a, the little bit that I'm, I'm, I'm gleaming from being over there, but, um, just, that's just the way I saw it. No, that makes sense because, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you can't stand out as much as you think you can in the States without yeah. being chastised or, you know, whatever label is weird. I mean, really gimmicky yes absolutely and then and and while japan almost its own itself is somewhat of a gimmick as well as at least in the american uh sense that we, we you think of japan you think oh it's you know it, people and geishas or it's all these weird characters or weird fashion but in japan that's normal life and they accept it as normal life even the outlandish quote-unquote is normal life oh, yeah. we exoticize it for sure i bet over there you know when you when you witness it or, or or kind of partake in it as an outsider it's very sincere it's very authentic and that's what i think was the most refreshing thing is to go into a place where you are a hundred percent aware that you're the minority the entire time and just like gleam so much authenticity from it like you're just i was in awe of it and the, the, the weird art i mean the art over there was so weird and so refreshing um because it just wasn't what we are used to I guess. What do you think is something overseas, maybe in Europe or in Japan or any of the tours that you notice that maybe can be adopted over in our music or arts or whatever? Was, was one thing that really resonated you? I mean, you kind of talked about it, about the fashion in Japan, uh, but what's something else or anything at all that we could probably adapt a little bit better or maybe tweak here that, you know, we could learn a thing or two? Well, I mean, I, I guess, 
and this is just from my own personal standpoint for sure, but I think that's like a reverence for the arts um, instead of just like a commodity. Um, I think we, we look at art in the States um, as a commodity and, and, and we can look at it like that. But at the same time, I think that there's something cool about like the more um, uh, like spiritual aspects of art for art's sake um that that i've always i've always liked and maybe that's just me fetishizing that as well but you know i i i'm only human so i i i can do that but I, like as coming from a pottery background um there's this idea of like like this spiritual aspect of making pottery um that comes from the east and it 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 definitely does feel it, the forms feel more spiritual the forms feel more authentic and and that's i think if we if we adhered more to that i think that we would look at art and artists differently and support them differently i don't disagree with that statement honestly i feel like arts are the always the first thing on the cutting board especially in schools and everything and you know the celebratory of things of of sports while you know personally i'm not a sports fan myself i can appreciate what those men and women do in sports but i feel like the the level of sports the, and the pedestal that it is on, I feel like arts should be in the same category, if not the same level that we treated. And I and and I can't agree with you. You know, music is done uh, in the you know the states for profit. It does not necessarily mean to make music for music's sake, for art's sake. And, yeah. and that's why I think this style of music is kind of like, it brings you in that level ground of, yes, you know, these artists are trying to make a living at the same, at the same point. It's also art in, in its purest form. When you go to the, you know, the structure of a sound or the structure of the music, um, you know, even with ranges, when you talk about your stuff, you know, you smoke about your shirts and, you know, Wilson and, and, and I, and, pronounce this for me is it lux invictus am i pronouncing that correctly lux, lux invictus oh good i said it yep. correctly fantastic yep. and yep. and and his out art style and you know mm -hmm. even what he does for not only ranges but he does for other bands a part of yep. a thousand a thousand arms mm -hmm. um but you know you know it's all creative it's all expressionism in mm -hmm. every sense of the word so you're you're in all senses you know right. you, you you even made your own vodka so there's your taste and smell you know you you have your your your, your art of your vision and everything you even made your own friggin currency that you're doing right now <laughs> yeah we got we got that going we got that going don't we that's that's it's it's wild to me that like you yeah. can express everything and i think that's great i think you know more bands should go in that route and i think more bands should you know go in outside of the realm of just like hey design shirt or design sweatshirt or design you know sticker pin whatever yeah. like i feel like you should go in the full range of everything as i spit all over myself <laughs> um it, you know it, it should be all sense of the word of art and all platforms. I, I mean, I, I like that about us, you know, not every band has to do it like that, you know, um, you know, tool and, and, and is, is a band that I've always looked up to as a, a band that's taken it to the next step. Um, and we, if, like, if that's where the bar was, we always said, well, if tool said it here, then we want to kind of go over here um, and see where that bar is at and, and just try, try something new. And if it fails, it fails, but not be afraid to try it. Um, 
that I guess that's the main thing. I don't know if we do it to stand out. We just do it because it seems like the right thing to do. Like, wouldn't it, I mean, everything that we talk about, it starts with, wouldn't it be cool if we, and then we say a thing and then it evolves into what we end up doing. Um, What's and, something uh, that you, you tried to do, but it didn't, it didn't work out or it kind of fell flat on his face. Well, I mean, I think that we think things through to the point where when it's executed, it turned out how we wanted it to. And then we just find ways to tweak it for the next time we do it. Um, I mean, currency being one thing, like, you know, it, we, we came out with it and we're like, we were happy with it. But then what if we had somebody pour us some bronze coins and do you know another tier to this currency or like we made coffee for the first record and we like that it's like well what if we did alcohol um and what like we, we're all whiskey drinkers was like well what if we did vodka like there's something really beautiful about a clear glass bottle with a clear liquid inside of it what does that say um what does that look like um and then it evolves into the next thing and I can't tell you what we're going to do next because, you know, I mean, if we've, we've talked about some ideas, but at, at this juncture, I think that we're just excited to take things to the next level. Failure is only a failure if you don't go the full, you know, 100 yards with it. Um, and we seem to try to take it there every time. And if it turns out okay, we don't just throw it away. We try to go up and and redefine what it is or remake it or the the ceramic vessels was the the perfect thing we made coffee cups for the coffee ones and um i didn't at the moment want really to do it on this record so we had our buddy um good friend of mine and, and ours uh, chris beanick do the shot glasses and i couldn't have made them that way and i'm happier with the way he made them than i would have made them and so you know, it was it a failure on my part to like not make them? Uh, maybe, but I think it turned out better with Chris doing it. I, I was so jealous that I didn't get an opportunity to get all that stuff because the, the, the deluxe edition when you had when you came out with Babel was just like incredible. And I'm just like this. I'm like this is what like I'm I, I'm looking for like break outside of the box. He's outside of the idea, you know, creativeness, merch, and 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 things like that. And what's really surprising to me, and that I'm noticing more and more in you know not only like the indie alt world, but also the post rock world, is the the idea and the continuation of putting music out on cassette. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean the the cassette boom started. Um, maybe I, I remember going to record stores in um, just uh, uh, just outside of Kansas City when I'd make trips over there to Lawrence, Kansas. Do you know where Lawrence, Kansas is? No, I did. Never been to Kansas. All right, so uh, so like Lawrence is kind of like the this really cool spot in Kansas, um, right next to Kansas City. It's got KU there, and this awesome record store. And I would go there anytime I was there for art thing. And there was just a whole section devoted to cassette tapes and it blew my mind that cassettes were a thing. So that started, that started like 2012, 2010, something like that. And then all of a sudden now cassettes are a thing. And I think it's, I think it's an awesome way for, for indie bands to get their music back out. It's, it's, it's efficient. It's cheap to make. Um, you could do cool stuff with packaging. Um, and you know, everybody still has access to tape players. 
Um, they're heck, they're probably less expensive now. And when they came out, you can go to a pawn shop and grab a really dope cassette player for your system for maybe 10 bucks. So, um, I think I, I love tapes. I think tapes are awesome.
the other thing that I thought was really cool when there, people were trying to distribute their music in more of an indie way was USB ports. Um, those were those were really fun. I know Chelsea Wolf had a bunch up on her website, um, like three records on a on a USB in a in a wooden box. It's like, man, if I had the money back then, I would have bought every single one of those. Like those, <laughs> things, those things are so, and it's just a unique thing to have. But to me, it's an art piece as well as a device to play music. And and one of the, the one of the crazy things that I that you know and you know it and it makes sense because I did not know Wilson with Left Invictus. Uh, it was part of the bands as well, uh, and and part of your inner circle of of bands because I mean you you came out with other projects with him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know he's been pumping out you know Ambelina Valley which was like a uh, side project before Ray just really kind of kicked off. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in 2018, that, that sub project, which I started listening to today um, and while I was working at home for stuff, uh, uh, the, the harem uh, oh, yeah. album, uh, which is kind of, I had it, I, I was like partway through the second track, which like the second track is an hour long. Yeah. So I was like maybe like 20 minutes in uh, <laughs> and never, I didn't finish it. Yeah. I, it. That's one of those things like you got to sit down and like just experience. And I, I, it's, I have a lot of post-rock when I work because it makes me yeah. concentrate and I Ooh. try to listen to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like sometimes, you know, try to sit down and listen to it as one thing. I end up like almost zoning out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's uh, maybe it's a good thing or a bad thing that you're in that stance because that's how like you connect with the art in a sense. Yeah. Well, it was cool. Like uh, that. Um, oh, I forget what uh, playlist that was that we were on. Um, but I, I was teaching drawing at uh, university here and I had students coming into me the next day after they're studying for a test. And they're like, you guys were on that playlist that I was listening to last night. So What's cool about post-rock is not a lot of people know it exists, but everybody's listening to it. Right. Every college student is listening to a deep focus to study for their tests. So they're all listening to post-rock, but they just don't know that it's a genre that you can actually get into. Yeah. And post-rock, ambient, whatever you want whatever to call it. Yeah. But yeah, there, it's, it's there. We have the listeners. We just need to get it in their faces at shows. So that's the, the I think that the cool thing about, the scene is that it's already there. Like we've got, we've got listeners. We just, now we have to put it in their hands. You got to put names to faces. You got to show like, Hey, these are the people that are doing this style of music. You know, you can, you can buy a full album. You can understand their story. Their, their, I always found it interesting when, um, when I had pillars on right before their album, uh, Cavum came out, you know, mm-hmm. them explaining the story about like, you know, about what's going on in like the darkness of the world at the time of being. And like, yeah. they thought of the idea uh, uh, of Cavum um, for, you know, the story about ranges about the tower of Babel and like the, the biblical stories about that and yeah. everything. It, what, what drew you guys to like, I'm not going to go deep into every single album, obviously, but for like <laughs> Babel itself, like why choose that concept, that idea? Well, um, I think Babel was a concept that Wilson and CJ had that they wanted to work on early on in, in ranges um, that just they never had the facilities to, to quite do the way they wanted to do it. So now it just seemed like we had a solid lineup. Um, we had like players that could actually achieve the sound that we wanted to achieve. And, uh, and we had the money to go and do it with uh, Chris Common, who we knew could 
get it out of us. And so it was like the perfect time to, to get Babel out. Um, Babel to me, um, I think we all have a different idea of what Babel is uh, as a record concept, as, as a, a exploration into whatever. Um, but to me, Babel is now. We are living in Babel. Mm -hmm. um, the confusion of tongues we've got. Uh, I mean, if we just take the, the allegory Babel into our, our political position today where it's just you know two sides fighting yelling the same things at each other and nobody understanding each other um and also we kind of live in this like weird dystopian future where uh nothing is quite making sense to anybody and especially um, right now yeah it, it feels it feels relevant i wish it wasn't but um <laughs> i wish it was fiction yeah, but it feels it felt it felt relevant then, and it feels relevant now. Um, and that to me was the like, how do we make a record about right now? Because that's always kind of the hardest thing um, is when we when you look at a record, it's like, well, we could write a concept about a book or or this, but let's try to take it a little bit further than that and make it a record about right now, and see what that has to say. And so that's how I come at Babel. Um, the other guys have a completely different take about what, what Babel is. And, and that's cool because Babel can mean multiple things and to multiple people. Maybe, you know, none of our listeners um, have the same idea of the concept that I do. And that's totally cool. But that's just the way I looked at it. And that's the beautiful thing about music it is a universal language, but also the same thing could not, does not necessarily speak the same language right. uh, uh, to different people. So it, it brings us all together, but also is unique enough that we can all, you know, have our own, you know, feelings and point of view from it. Yeah, I think we, I mean, we all, we're, we're all equally cynic and uh, we're all equally cynic and in highly invested in today. And I think that Babel speaks to, to that cynicism as well as speaks to the sincerity of, of, of what we're going through. And I think sometimes that a level of cynicism is, you know, you you have to be real on a lot of things. You know, as much as we want to live in a fantasy world, in a sense, or whatever we think of our heads, it, it, sometimes you have to bring yourself down to a to a more realistic level. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the the idea of like shoot for the moon, land on the stars, you know, is a is a concept that I've always uh, believed in. You know, yeah. and uh, but especially right now, it's very hard to fall into cynicism so easily oh, yeah, when, yeah. you know, nobody can work, barely anybody can do anything. You're, you know, I even went to the store today and I just like, you just feel it in the atmosphere of just like, you know, everybody's just like waiting for shit to pop off mm -hmm. and like just go nuts. But like, it's just this weird eerie feeling. And then yeah. you walk around. It's just like the atmosphere. You can almost taste it of yeah. how, how wild it is right now. Oh, dude, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I feel for everybody. I mean, this is, you know, um, I, we're all in the same boat. I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm just so thankful. My girlfriend can work from home. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm luckily enough. I like, you know, I've been saving up some money. So like, I'm, I'm doing fine, um, right now. And, um, you know, I just uh, trying to keep, keep convince myself and, and everybody to just like, keep your head up. Like, I don't know if it's going to go back to normal, but it'll go back to somewhere and it, like wherever it'll be, it'll work out. Like whatever happens, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll work together.
there to make it okay. And I and and I think that's that's absolutely correct. I, I whatever normal is is no longer existent. I think that this was like a turning point for a lot of things. But that's what I'm kind of more excited about is like once we can start everybody going back to work and everything. How are businesses? How are people? How are the arts? How is everybody going to? feel for this and my my personal theory is that everybody's going to be a little bit more empathetic when it comes to everything uh, uh you know I, i'm not saying that we're going to be living in a kumbaya world <laughs> but i'm also saying that like maybe we are going to understand that we cannot take a lot of things for for granted especially americans yeah. you know uh we we were very very quick to cast off a lot of the people and a lot of ideas and a lot of things. And yeah. I feel like this is, this is a kind of a turning point They're like, yeah, maybe, maybe the certain things and maybe I'll go a little political. Maybe the, 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 the higher elite of people uh, don't need to have control of everything. Maybe we need a better voice, better representation of the people that do allegedly work for us. You know, the working class, your middle class, you know, your lower end or whatever class that, that, that you believe in, you know, maybe we need to start having a little bit more better say or better representation about everything. And then I think maybe people need to show how to adapt better. And I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this time in a weird, uh, you know, analytical sense is how everybody has been adapting to everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we, I guess, you know, like, um, I, I come from a place of privilege, so I gotta I gotta put that out there first and foremost. But I I have been surviving on quite a bit less than I than I used to, and um, that makes it you know that now I know that I can do that, and uh, and maybe I won't spend so much on frivolous things, you know, or or uh, I won't go to the brewery every like all the time, or you know, it, it's. Um, I, you know, I have my rituals and I, I miss my rituals, but at the same time, it's like, well, did I need those or did I just want those? And, 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 uh, where do they intersect and how, how do I navigate life after this? Um, it's, it's, it's a complicated process, this life, you know, and living in the modern world, I, I don't know, I don't know, if I'm, you know, you study history and art history, but I don't know of a more complicated time, like, where you, how do you get known as an artist? How do you, I mean, when everything is digital and, and there's so many bands out there and so many artists out there, like how do you make a mark? And is that even important? Is, is making a mark the only thing you should be concentrated on? Or is, is it just releasing the art that you have in you? And if you can sell a piece, that's great. If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, um, I think the questions are always going to be more important than the answers um, because the questions are more interesting. And uh, I think that's the that's the point we're at. Is like we need to start asking more questions about things so we can develop some sort of idea. I'm not saying that a certain answers, uh, you know, uh, a, a blanket answer can always work and everything. And that's what a lot of musicians are trying to do, uh, especially right now. You know, hey, we can't tour, so what do we do? Okay, we'll do gigs on on social media. We're mm -hmm. gonna write more. We're going to release music that we had you know stuck in the chamber right now you know yeah. we're, we're gonna do things to entertain and also in a, in a strange sense distract about yeah. what's going on and i think that's the biggest thing because you know i work in radio which mm -hmm. is more or less a a 
dying, for lack of a better term, concept, but it's also this idea that like you need to learn how to evolve. So radio is never going to beat the streaming machine, but you can adapt that and like, hey, you know, I listened to this on Spotify or hey, I was listening right. to this podcast or these radio personalities like myself doing these other art forms. You know, I, yeah. I, I was super proud that recently I did a video conference, like something like this, and I had it broadcast live on, over Facebook. And that was something I'd never done before. I've seen others do, but it was, it was nice to have the satisfaction of right. knowing that, okay, I know how to do this. I can do this and I can adapt it to future projects when this is all done, you know, right. doing these video conferences, changing the way that I do my normal set of podcasts. And I, maybe I can now, not necessarily concentrate on an act that has to be physically here right in the midwest yeah, we, we can still connect absolutely absolutely and uh, you know like uh i was so I, I i've known for a while that i was going to be uh in the cleveland area so i was i was searching out a lot of things in the midwest or if that's what you even can call cleveland or ohio like i don't I, believe it's it's midwest it's midwest yeah, I, I, I mean, I to me, Kansas is Midwest. I don't. Like, this is getting into. Uh, it's like it's like Kansas, Michigan, Nebraska. You know, it's like that all like in the middle, not going like basically. Once you get past Kentucky, you're in the South. Okay. If you go more east, once you go past, um, oh, I, I don't have a map in front of me, but basically, once you hit, start hitting like places like in Pennsylvania, that's more yeah. East Coast. Yeah. When you yeah. go uh, more centered, like if you start going to the Dakotas or even yeah. Minis uh, I think like past Minnesota, yeah. that's that's yeah. more central area, Bible Belt, things like yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, so technically this is the Midwest. Technically yes. the Midwest, but yeah, like so finding finding you and I listen to podcasts at work all day. Like I I I I'll throw on some records here and there um, when when Joey or somebody sends them to me, but mo mainly I'm listening to podcasts. And uh, yours popped up, and it was really cool to be able to connect with you and I'm going to be out in the Ohio area here pretty shortly. And, and then I got man mountain up, uh, you know, a couple hours away and, and, uh, boy, I can't tell you how, like, I'm stoked to be able to see Moira again. Like, Oh that my God, Moira was so fun. And my girlfriend's just obsessed, like just loves more. And I, I, I love their set at post fest. So I'm, I'm stoked to like travel out and see them a little bit more. And, um, so yeah, like I'm looking for bands out there in the Midwest and 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 people like you to to connect with and and visit and and create new friends and stuff like that. So thank like thanks again for for having me on, man. Like oh yeah, is, oh yeah, I I appreciate it. And when 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 you do come back over here, we'll we'll get a drink, we'll hang out, we'll do something. I mean, Cleveland and Toledo is like two hours. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like a jump, hop, jump, skip away. Um, going beyond, you know, uh, everything uh, with ranges and everything, um, you know, for music and everything. You, I mean, you spoke about Tool. What's yeah. your thoughts about the the most recent album, Fear Inoculum? I love it. I um, it's a lot. It's subtle. Um, uh, I loved Maynard's vocals on it because it mm -hmm. wasn't what I expected. Like I always like things when I'm, I get something that's not quite what I expect, but it's still really good. Um, the, the musicianship is undeniably perfect. Oh like, yeah. And I can't argue with those guys as players. I think the songs are good. Um, if it doesn't connect, it doesn't connect. But honestly, I think the songs are good. Um, I, I mean, I really liked fear inoculum. I thought it was really good, but I just felt like the hype behind it the hype machine that people put it behind it I, went yeah. a little bit too long. 
I don't think I don't think you can. I, how how long was it? I think like 15, 16 years. Not about like fifteen years. Like how do you how do you not hype a record that much when it's fifteen years in the making? Right. Um. So I mean, when I listened to it for the first time, I just wanted to hear it a, a new Tool record. I I was put myself in in the position of a twenty some year old me that got. 10,000 days and was like, I'm stoked to hear what tool does next. And I wasn't disappointed. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great record. I thought was it was solid. I thought it was no, 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 that's what I said. I, I don't think it was one of their best, but I also think it was not bad quote unquote yeah. in any sense of the word. I think it was uh really good. And I remember getting a copy of 10,000 days and getting like the, like the deluxe copy that had like yep. a little eye viewer. Yep, books and, and, yeah. yeah. I thought um, that was I, wild. I don't think they'll ever do better than Anima. And that's oh, yeah. just, I, when I got Anima, I was a pissed off kid listening to pissed off adults tell me how shit should be. And I was stoked about it. Like, Is that I, how it's pronounced? Well, that's how I pronounce it. I okay. mean, anima, Anima, like there's, I mean, it's kind of a play on words. Right. So, so yeah, that's. And then another yeah. band that you were really getting excited about um, uh, that we talked about before, uh, Pearl Jam. Oh yeah, just, just dropped Gigaton. So, what's your thoughts yeah. on that one? Oh, I, I I love it. I'm a big uh, Pearl Jam's my favorite band of all time. Um, I've got a, a deep rooted connection to uh, to Pearl Jam. Uh, it was like the first band that I got that made me actually want to play music for a living. Um, wow. I, got, I, was, God, I, I was I was really young. I was. Uh, nine or ten and i got their first record 10 on uh, cassette my dad bought it for me at the record store ricky's records took it home played it listened to it all the way to glacier in the camper um jeff amen was born and raised in a town 20 miles south of haver um, in big sandy montana his brother went to msu my alma mater for graphic design and did all their like bunch of their posters and stuff like that. So I just I a huge Pearl Jam fan, and uh, so everything they come out with I give a chance. And nine times out of ten I'm I'm stoked about it. So this one, yeah, I didn't listen to the Nine Inch Nails new Nine Inch Nails record for two days. No, I haven't I haven't listened to that one yet. I need to sit down and listen to that. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Trent's a genius, but uh, um, yeah, I mean the Pearl Jam record took my my focus for two days so i yeah i had to i had to wait on nine inch nails which nine inch nails is one of my favorites as well so i there's a lot of there's a lot of acts that like when they come out with new music and and right away and i'm like a lot of bands it seems like as of late a lot of a lot of music that comes out like it's a slow burn for me like yeah. it's not the initial like okay this was awesome everything yeah. like um i i really enjoyed day seekers uh newest album uh mm-hmm. the, and that was one of my top nine of the year Oh, nice. Um, you know, uh, if let me while while I'll talk, I'll probably put it up on my on my phone. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of interesting music uh, uh, that I really enjoyed out of last year. That going into this year, um, yeah, now I got it. Um, that I I really enjoyed uh, that. This is 2018, 2016, where I wonder where it was 2019. I don't know where it is, but you know, I, I really enjoyed, you know, Babel was one of my favorites of, of oh, last year. Um, you know, minor movements bloom. Oh yeah. By far was probably next to next to Babel was one of my favorite post rock releases of the year. 
And I just uh, and that was an album that like I would continue going back to right. and re-listen and everything. I mean, in this time of quarantine, I mean, I might have to hit them up uh, yeah. definitely for yeah. uh, for a new album. If you're a metalhead, uh, check out the new Veller Talk uh, okay. record. That's a that's a killer one. It's spelled with K V is the is the beginning of that word. Um they're a they're I think a Swedish band, maybe Norway Norwegian, but uh super sick. I mean like, mm-hmm. like like rock and roll, folk metal, and then they have some thrash and stuff thrown in there. Great, great band. That and record then, came out a couple weeks ago. And then there's like a couple of bands that I really got into that like they released albums like late last year, but I didn't get into uh this until this year. Like one of the big ones is uh highly suspect. Which was really, uh, I mean, the thing about like the radio station is like I I try not to listen too much about what we play on the normal because people need to understand that like when we work in radio when we play music like we get it way before everybody else right. does and we start playing it and then by the time you guys are starting to get into it we have listened to it to its dead so when you guys are when when listeners are ready and uh, are going okay this song's been played enough we're already over it we're cursing up a storm every time we play you know and and being on a modern rock station right now and if i have to play one more fucking five finger death punch song i'm gonna (laughs) lose it because they i just feel like they're like everybody like trashes on like nickelback and i feel like that's just more of an internet meme come to life or right. Imagine Dragons, which like I feel like Imagine Dragons has come while unique at first it become a very one note, uh, uh, but I I feel like Five Finger Death Punch is like there is nothing musically sound about that band now because it's just it just feels like the lowest form of it's like caveman rock and not in the fun way. I I can't say like my new rule uh, as of recently is that I can't say anything is is garbage. I will only say it's not for me, and right. uh, I, I can tell you right now that uh, yeah, you know, Five Finger Death Punch they have their fans. Um, yeah, that's what I say, but I I can't I can't I can't get into it. The other the other one that I can't do I can't remember the name. It sounds like a, a Johnny Cash meets the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I can't remember. It's a metal band. Um, okay. Oh, they're huge, but I can't. I can't do them. I can't even remember their name. But I, I, they have their fans. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I mean, music. Once again, music is universal and it speaks oh, yeah. to a lot of people. But there's certain people that I just it doesn't it doesn't can't speak with. Yeah. So so like what else? Know. What else is really? I mean, you've been doing like everybody and their mother have been doing some sort of challenge on social media or whatnot. Whether it's as we're all stuck self quarantine right. making sure we don't spread any kind of virus or germs or whatnot you know everybody's doing push-ups or you know posting photos or whatnot and you're doing music so you're 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 discovering and posting some of the music that really speaks to you yeah um, uh, Sean Oliver good friend of ours uh, down in Salt Lake he uh, he challenged me to to do the 20 day challenge of uh, artists that have really really gotten me so i'm i'm at day seven now with that um i'm uh trying to get back into reading some stuff um trying to find some books to to read and uh i've been trying to my hand at drawing again um just getting getting that out of my system what do you like uh, to draw um right now i'm doing still lives um just trying to get shading and stuff down again i am horrible at drawing i'm i'm such a bad I'm just sketchy. I just, and I always, I have a too hard of a hand. It, everything's too dark. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to get my, uh, get those skills back up. 
um, I, I mainly work in the 3D world, so I'm kind of going crazy because I don't have a shop that I have access to right now. Everything's closed up, so I can't really make what I want to make. Um, and I live in a, a house. My apartment's in a house where the, my landlords live upstairs, like right above me, so I can't really play super loud. Right. I don't really have... Uh, I don't have that outlet right now, but, um, I'm reading a lot of rock biographies and stuff. Um, there's a, uh, there's a book, um, that, uh, my, or Mark, our drummer gave to me, oh, month and a half, two months ago, uh, called go ahead in the rain, uh, love letter to a tribe called quest that I'm okay. reading. Um, I'm a big tribe called quest fan. And this book is phenomenal. And I believe he's, he's an Ohio writer. I, I think he's from Columbus maybe. Okay. Um, uh, but he's, he's a poet and, uh, then he, he reads his audio book and that's how I got into the book. Cause I listened mm. to the audio book and, uh, it's a poet reading a book that he wrote about poets and, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. It's, uh, it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm, and I'm also watching garbage TV, of course, like, <laughs> you know, I'm I, on the I, I'm on the Tiger King bandwagon. I've said, oh, yeah. I, 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 well, first off, I don't have Netflix. I, I decided to cancel it a while ago because a lot of like their Netflix exclusives, like nothing really, you know, really interests me. And then everybody and their mother talk about Tiger King. And I'm just like, I'm reading the story. I'm just like, oh, holy shit. I don't want to, like, I'm not a big fan of like everybody idolizing. Oh like, yeah. The, yeah. The ridiculous, like lowest, like your, 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 and I understand once again, it's that, you know, it's not, it's not my cup of tea, but if you like it, whatever it's that, that style of like the, these, like for lack of a better term, and it's going to be very blunt, stupid people make being famous. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of idolizing that. So I'm not a big fan of supporting something like that. So that's just me. And that's, and that's fine. But you know, if, if it's one of those things that the distracts everybody more power to them, that's fine. Yeah, no, it was it, like to me. It, so there's there was another documentary that came out years and years ago called "The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia." Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing, yeah. hearing something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a, a the addendum to the Dancing Outlaw about Jessica White. It, it, it was, if you're if you're a fan of country music, like real real old school country music, you know of uh, um, uh, Hank Williams the Third. And he wrote a song about the whites. So I watched this documentary and it's just, it's a train wreck. Like you're just watching this train wreck. And uh, I don't know, there's something that we always have that's fascinating. Like it's just the human nature. It's like of watching a train wreck. And, right. Uh, and um, I, I didn't know anything about it when I walked into watching this documentary. It was just, everybody was saying, everybody needs to watch this documentary. So I put it on and wow, what a train wreck that was. Um, I mean, yeah, everybody in that documentary would not say, hey, if I ever have a son, it's like, hey, son, you should probably try to be like these guys. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. But uh, it is an interesting glimpse into the world. And I, the way I look at it, I'm a vegan. Um, I, uh, I didn't become a vegan out of the, the um, you know, what's, I, I, what's the word for it? Um, I I came out became a vegan for the health. Okay. Um, and not uh, for the conversation not, uh, the yeah, conservation no, like, of animals or I, anything. I I I had I was feeling gross all the time. I uh, couldn't kick the weight that I had gained. I um I felt sick constantly and my girlfriend's a vegan so I started eating vegan when we would cook like we would eat vegan and I felt better. 
and then I became a fan of the conservation. I became a fan of, of animal rights. Um, and this opened my eyes to an animal rights issue where there's more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are in the wild. Like that's mind boggling to me, mind boggling. Mm -hmm. And there's something wrong with that. And so this, I mean, hopefully if I take anything away from it or if anybody takes anything away from it, it's that we don't need to breed tigers in the United States anymore. Like it's, it's just silly. I don't why, know. Why do we need to like in yeah, the first place? Like, why are we doing that? So right. as much of a train wreck as that is, I hope people can refocus their energies the right way and say, you know, it's just maybe not that cool to own a tiger. I I don't I I don't think uh, I don't I don't think you're wrong in that in any sense of the word. I think it's very interesting and trying to trying to make the the, the you know uh, people kind of concentrate some of those things maybe a little bit uh, over some people's heads. I mean, people are doing it for the memes. This is yeah. the meme culture now, no, but culture, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. Like I mean, like you were saying, like you kind of you're 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 focusing on the not dynamics of the situation right now. Mm -hmm. When I watch a documentary like that, it's hard not to get pulled in by the dynamics of that situation. Like, why is this fascinating to us? Why are we watching this horrible person treat horrible people horribly and animals even worse? Like, why are we doing this? Right. Um, he may be gaining fame from it, but it's a cynical kind of fame. Like we're making fun of him. Like, and I don't know if he realizes that we're making fun of him right now. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I feel like everybody is, you know, that's why I like get very annoyed by like a lot of those shows where like you're keeping up the Kardashians or everything. Like we're all making fun of you yet. We're still watching it. So I just, I just feel like if you're not, not a fan of it or you don't want to, you don't support it at all. You don't watch it because you hate it. You yeah. just, you're, you're, you, you're invested in some sort of way, but if right. you really didn't like it or you don't support what it's going on, then you vote with your wallet. You vote for your time, you know, right. yeah. don't go yeah. to it. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird thing. I mean, we, we do it all the time. I mean, the true crime thing, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I listen to true crime podcasts and I'm fascinated by the, the idea of serial killers. Like what is it in their heads? that's that didn't turn on or turned off or whatever that made them go out and be these monsters that they are why do why do humans find fascinating like find that fascinating it's 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 my it's boggling to me but i'm also part of that small group of people that it gets into it mm -hmm. the horror movies the same way i mean why do we like to be scared and why do i like movie monsters it's the thrill. It's the excitement. It's, it's, it's something, it's something, something moves the needle within, within us mm -hmm. to do some of these things. Yeah. There's something weird about it. I mean, but then again, that's why I, I've always found, I find that part of the, the human experience interesting. Like what's the darker side of life? Like we like to ignore it. Um, but why is it, why is it fascinating to us? Like, I mean, the Joker was, I mean, the number one movie last year and it's about a person who has some mental instabilities that causes riot i mean what what is it that made us go watch that movie and 
like why why did he win best picture for being a monster that's that's the one film that i i i have it I, I i got a digital copy through work and i haven't sat down and watched it because i'm also i'm also a big comic book fan so like i i take the idea of it everything and i'm just like um, I wasn't a big fan of the idea, even though it's like a, it, it's part of the, the, the concept uh, and, and, um, oh, I can't think of the word, uh, uh, the background of the character that like th- this guy is just had one too many, two, two bad days and, you know, decided to snap and then all chaos erupted. And that's part of the world of, of that character. So, you know, right. I, I, I'd like to try to, Check it out eventually. I mean, I'll I'll have some of the time to do that. Maybe I need to explore that more. I thought it was good. I yeah. thought it was good. Um, but it, it was it. I mean, I wasn't the best version of the Joker on screen, mm-hmm. but it was a dang good one. But it just, I mean, it was a little too real. I mean, the thing, the idea of the Joker is only fun because it's fiction. Yeah. I I don't want a Joker. So why you know why do we why do we want to make it real? Um. And the other thing that they don't point out is like people with, um, you know, with trauma or with um, a condition are more likely to be the reciprocant of violence and not the person to do the violence. So like that, you know, they don't, they don't really touch on that. So then, you know, the fear of people with mental illness becomes even greater and we don't need that. We need, you know, to, to de deconstruct that and you know get people the help but i i I think so i i think that's why like i'm very hesitant about that because like sometimes when something is like way too real like i i just start i I start skeeving out and i just started freaking out that's why like i'm a big fan of just like fantasy or things that are just so out there that i never think that will happen so like i you know i like comic books i like star trek Mm -hmm. you know i like a lot of that stuff you know i like pro wrestling these men and women doing these things that like are you know, like normally you, you wouldn't expect or you wouldn't, wouldn't uh, uh, see in real life, you right. know, uh, but you know, the idea of that show and everything. And of course, obviously music and, and seeking yeah. out music and listening yeah, to escapism, music. And I mean, yeah. escape, we're an escapist culture. Um, I, I, I found like when, when video games really took over pop culture and we had people like, uh, what was it, Olivia Munn or whatever is doing like sexy geek, geek YouTube shows and stuff. It's like, wow, this is being a nerd is not at all like it was being a nerd back in high school. No, like, no, nerd. no. I, I think we're roughly the same age. I'm 34. Yeah, 37. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we're around the same age. So being a geek and nerd was a bad word back yeah, in the day. You don't want to do that. So they, this is a totally different thing now. Where, like, it's cool to say you like Star Wars. Like, I'm do- I'm stoked that that's a thing. Like, but it's really weird that uh, it's shifted that way. Um, and and now, like, you, it's 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 fetishized. And, yeah. So that never used to be the never used to be the case. So I'm I'm not quite used to it yet. I don't. I guess I don't it's know. it's the, one of the internet rules that if anybody has a like, there's a porn of it. So yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> kind of weird. But you know, I, I'm a big nerd as well. I like I like comic books. I haven't collected in a long time just because I I don't need another thing to collect. I, I've already got enough collections. But I have a lot of backlog of comic books that I I still need to read. And like I had to stop getting uh, weekly to monthly books because I. 
I, I couldn't afford it. So it, it, they, and, and it sucks. Like, are they, are uh, they, it, it all depends on what you seek out. If you try to seek out something from the, the, from DC and Marvel, it's all about what you're interested in. And I, I go for like kind of the people I've learned so much more about the world, the comic books, not necessarily just about the characters, but like the writers and the artists and everything. Mm -hmm. So I start like going after the people who are like certain writers on this take character. Like Grant Morrison is my far one of my favorite writers of all time. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to comic books, you know, Alan Moore, a, a close yeah. second, you know, yeah. his run on Swamp Thing. I mean, I, yeah, I like Swamp Thing so much that I got tattoos for it. So, you know, I, uh, and Doom Patrol, Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol was one yeah. of my favorites. You know, I, I love all these characters that they've written, that they've expressed these stories and everything. Right. Um, but to just go and get comic books, and also, like, I've, I've met a lot more writers and artists and independent people. So, like, you know, I, I'm learning more about the people, and I go after the people doing that and supporting them, not necessarily of what the characters are, because anybody will buy Batman and just like, oh, Batman's all the same well really it's not you have to listen to you read the 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 the, the take on them the different yeah. takes and everything yep. yep absolutely yeah i mean kevin smith's take is much different than anybody else's take yeah different than somebody yeah it you know i i haven't read in a long time i mean i was stoked when they were doing you know the marvel movies they're doing my child my my childhood favorites the civil wars and things mm -hmm. like that but um that's about as deep as I can go anymore. Um, I'm looking forward to the uh, Todd McFarlane Spawn movie mm -hmm. when it eventually happens, because that that'll I hopefully that'll be cool. Um, it, I mean Todd McFarlane like that that was my childhood. It was those Spawn toys and the comics, and then he had Medieval Spawn and all that stuff. I mean, didn't Pizza Hut even do a thing with Spawn? I think something? so. I think so. They did something around the movie or whatnot. Yeah, you it know. was something. Yeah. Marilyn Manson did a song in the Spawn movie, and so like we yeah, all of us metalheads were super stoked on that character. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean the the pop culture is pretty pretty freaking weird right now. I mean, I, if you would have asked me 15 years ago if I would have thought that Marvel and DC would be top dogs at the box office, I said no way. Right? No way. Like, who cared about any Marvel character other than the X Men? Like, or if that. Yeah. Yeah, like and then and those movies weren't very good. And then I'm just going to throw my unpopular opinion out there. Like I mean, those, they had their they had their moments here and there and like yeah. some of the actors did a good job or, or best job they could, especially yeah. with that like, you know, I try not to and I and keyword here is try. I mean, and and I'll and I'm sure a lot of people will call me out on it. Like I try not to beat up the person portraying them because i know at the end of the day it's only so much of like their acting yeah. their right and then the writers of yeah. doing that so it's like it's all expressionative but like there are certain people that i'm like okay yeah that guy was terrible at whatever right. yeah so, so um so throughout all of this that uh of everything going on and everything is almost like a big giant pause on everything as we kind of start dealing with these so like what are your goals or you know what you try and want to work on for the remainder of the year into the future of ranges um whew. well i mean uh you know our, our, so we're not doing dunk um obviously um so that was a big disappointment but uh you know we're, we're we got a show on the 18th we're gonna do a live stream show um, I, I don't know what we're going to do it through, but, um, we have, we're going to have more info on that soon. Um, uh, through, uh, David Zeidler's, um, 
uh, post kind of, I, I can't remember what he called postponed. it. Postponed. Yeah. Postponed. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing that. Um, and, uh, he's, he's, uh, He's got he's got that all planned out and mapped out and we got some friends helping us with that and we're gonna we're gonna do that and that's gonna be pretty fun. Um aside from that, we're just probably gonna write some tunes, um, see what comes out of us. Um and uh we keep doing what we always do is just we always just work hard. Like we just we always we're always writing. Joey's always has riffs, always thinking of something. Um same with CJ and Wilson, they're always they're always doing something. Um and I'm always listening to music and uh, trying to find inspiration through something to to try a little little flair here and there that I didn't try before. So hopefully we we write some tunes and uh, it's a little different than what you guys have heard last time, but with the same range as flair. That's that's uh, I think it us in a nutshell is always writing. I'm very excited for everything and, and, you know, all the products and anything creative is coming out of the camp of not only ranges, but a thousand arms. So you guys are probably doing a lot of very good work that I think a lot of people should, should pay attention to more. And I'm actually personally very excited for uh, any, anything that Wilson puts out. Like I'm already <laughs> fucking for, like yep. I, I, I actually, before all this went down, um, I was planning on getting a tattoo of one of his works <laughs> on my arm. So I, yeah, he's, uh, he's a dope artist, man. I've, um, he really I've, is. He's, he's come so far with his, his vision and it's, it's exciting, man. I, I love his work. The Babel cover was amazing. Oh God. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's like, I love the idea of like, just like, what we come back to is just like art in every sense of the word that, me, that music is and that, and, and, and I'm glad you guys in ranges do, do that and put yeah. that out for all of us. Cool, man. I appreciate it. I we really we really do, man. All this all the support. It's, you know, we're a small band. We we don't think we're any bigger, or smaller than we are, man. We're just a bunch like we're four family members that just get together and uh, and hammer it out and have some fun along the way. So uh, anybody who listens to us, is, it's much appreciated. Absolutely. It's- it's it's so rad. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time out and talking with us, yeah, and and, and and it was very fun. If we want to get in touch with ra- with ranges, how do we do so? Uh, rangesmusic.com, uh, and we got uh, ranges music on Facebook and ranges music on Instagram, I believe. Yeah, let me let me double check my <laughs> let me double check my stuff here. Well, while you do that, I'll, I'll cheap plug our stuff. You know, of course, if you want to interact with this podcast, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's on the radar PC. Uh, we are on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, etc. And, uh, make sure you can subscribe leave a comment, leave a review. We appreciate it. Invite your friends. And, uh, we cannot wait to uh, pump out more episodes in the time of this right now, because all we can do is video chat and show off and talk to great people, much like yourself jared uh about what they do yeah i appreciate it a lot yeah thanks for having me on it was a fun conversation i'm glad i i I enjoyed myself and uh, i'm glad you did too let's do it again this night we'll do it in person next time huh absolutely done done absolutely when next time you come over here we'll 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 get something going anything else you want to add uh nothing man i support support local businesses support the arts um keep your heads up um this this shoot too shall pass and uh you know, if we, we, we hang in there as a community, um, everything will, I think everything will be all right. That's awesome. I am Peapod and you are you and don't fight it, feel it. And we'll talk to you next time. And thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the On The Radar podcast.